Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcast. Verum, you want to talk shit on that, Mr. Chief? He just said 13, 14 wins for the Chargers in your division, buddy. We're talking I, I, 17 games total, too, by the way, so I'm I, not saying I that. <laughs> you know, look, I, I have the Chargers as a, as a playoff team this year. I do. I, I have them, I think, at 10 and 7. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Verderam and Mark Carmen. Big show today coming up on Stacking the Box. We're going to stop in Los Angeles slash San Diego and catch up with our guys from Charger Chat. Verderam, Aaron Rodgers is back, buddy. He's back. He's apparently happy to be back, even if it's only for one season. We can get into that and how we were really, really right about this entire thing throughout the entire offseason. We'll get into that at the start of the podcast, along with a brilliant idea I have for the fan-sided work environment, which would also play into your environment. Somebody should follow my lead and get this done. We need more dance parties. That's the only tease I'm going to give you there. Along in prison. Well, I disagree, but that clearly was will be your take. Naheem Hines, Indianapolis Colts running back, will be on the podcast at the back end. We've got all these staples uh, in or out, we'll be uh, with you as well. And uh, yes, training camp is here into the future. But the big story today, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. And uh, we'll stop with Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, that's our, our big story coming right on up for you. Stack in the box, Verem, what do you do to people who subscribe and give ratings and reviews? I say thank you. And I, and I know that I'm indebted to them forever because without them, I'm fired. Exactly. Our lives are on the line. So any ratings and, and any reviews uh, do a lot for our career. So thank you so much. And we appreciate the comments I've seen around Twitter. We got yelled at last week because we had uh, whoever we had on as an interview. They wanted more of us for it around. So it was a compliment to, uh, to, the, to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Let me actually. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Stack in the box with the NFL insider, Matt Verderam and yours truly, Mark Carmen starts right now. But first, Stacking the Box is brought to you this week proudly by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. You put in that code FANSIDED20 when you go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping with that code, and you get the incredible Performance Package 4.0. They give you the Lawnmower 4.0. It gives you the Weed Whacker ear, the nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver, the ball deodorant. Verderam, do you need you you need some ball deodorant, don't you? Always, always. Listen, you take a three mile walk every day. You need something. Right, right. And, that, and I mean, Manscaped, not only can hot you as the, hell out there. It's hot. It's hot out there. And, and Manscaped, you know, they keep you nice and tight down there, and then they and they, they right. keep you smelling good. And and the boxer briefs that come in here, you you get the two free gifts, the uh, the boxers and the shed travel bag. I'm telling you, when Karma's on the road here, I've never had a travel bag like this travel bag. It's a beautiful thing. Listen, I travel for the NFL sometimes. You have to. Yeah, have to keep up on all things grooming. Otherwise, you're just a disgrace when you get back to the house. Right. And listen, uh, in Chicago, where I'm at here, you know, they're in, and you're close enough in Rockford, you've got the Lollapalooza going on right now. Yep. You never know what happens at a Lollapalooza. Something good could be in your future. And That's true. And if you if you get into that situation, you got to be ready to, uh, you know, you're be, be happy eight. you have that travel bag. Exactly right. And, and, and everything taken care of down there. Manscaped.com. Put in that promo code FANSIDED20. Opening day of training camp and a beautiful day for stacking the box. Welcome in Matt Verderam, our NFL insider. Yours truly, Mark Carmen, hanging out. 
We are going to have a little bit of Naheem Himes on the program, who's uh, been with us before, a little snippet with Naheem as he leads into Colts training camp. And we are also going to stop by the Chargers, Kyle and Kevin Duggan, for some Charger chat, a little look at uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers playoff chances this year. Verderam, I've got a hypothetical, though, for you to start the show before we get to Aaron Rodgers showing up in an office T-shirt and he's all good and I know everybody wants a little Aaron talk. And by the way, we've been dead right on this podcast that this is how it would end. He'd be back in a Packers uniform. I wavered for like one-tenth of one second. Um, so I do feel bad about that. But I've got a proposal for you. I think fan-sided could use a midday dance party not even midday an impromptu dance party once in a while so i'm thinking about creating a zoom and inviting you unannounced like you wouldn't even know what it is please click on this and then you'd open it up and Carm would just be dancing to a tune that i would hope to be your liking and then in the middle of your day rather than picking your nose for the fifth time you would you know have an opportunity to get into your body stand up get some energy going and then go back to your day would Verderam join in uh, on the dance party? No, no, yeah. not not a, not a chance in the world. No, yeah, but, so, yes, yes. Uh, I, I I feel like it's a it's something that ends up at HR. Um, you think I'd I, be in trouble? Yeah, I I I'd like to keep my job. Uh, I don't uh, I don't dance really. I guess I'm kind of a, a stereotypical guy in that sense. You know, I, I, I'm not like, if I go to a wedding, I'm not the guy who's up on the dance floor all night long. It's just not who I am. Um, you're the guy that goes to the wedding and sits in your seat and eats his salad the whole time. No, I'm the guy that's at the bar. Um, you're, I, yeah, it's open bar. And if it's cash bar, the hell with that. Oh, I wouldn't even be at the wedding. If it's cash. So, bar. so, oh. so you're saying that you're just in the corner drinking everything you can and you're no, you're basically no fun. You and your boys in the corner, your wife hates you. She wants to dance. See, it depends. Now, I'll give you a quick example. Okay. So usually we say this for the end, but we'll, we'll whatever. We'll have a good time. Um, th- this year, last weekend of August, my wife's cousin is getting married basically down the street from us here in Rockford. Really, really nice yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, Japanese gardens. Beautiful. We'll go there. It's a Saturday night. Now, my wife is going to be hanging out with all her family I'll probably be hanging out with my father-in-law, just having having a good time, having a few drinks, right? Like that's probably the way this will go, right? Um, and and the other husband, uh, or you know, my my sister-in-law's husband, and and uh, and so on and so forth. Now, the next day, we fly to New York. My cousin's getting married Sunday night, so two weddings. You should dance at one of them. Just why don't you try it on for size? Dance at one of the weddings and just not get hammered. That'd be a good look like, for you. I'm going to get hammered. Like, I'm, I'm, I actually won't. Like, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to sit there. Okay, fine. But that, no, that guy's atrocious. Nobody likes that guy. Just, just let, let's just cut your bar time in half. How's that? I'm maybe not get hammered, but just, 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 just meander yeah. towards the middle of it. Just, just show people what, what's, what's deep inside you that wants to come out. I think it wants to come out. I, I think we have to call the police. No, no, no. We I think wouldn't. I might call the police. <laughs> That's okay. That, that, I'm sure the police would love to come and see you. I, I really don't think they would. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, who do you who do you think? And we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in one second here. But, but is there who do you think would be my first follower that would actually get up from their desk and just join in in, in, in all across the fan side of Minute Media Network? All right. Well, I'm going to limit it to the people who have been in Chicago because I just don't know everybody yeah. else. But. Oh. 
Bueller seems like a team guy. See, John Bueller. That's so we've been having this conversation in the office today, and, and Bueller's name definitely came up. We we uh, we thought that you would just you turn on the Zoom, look around for five seconds, you just turn it off and leave. Yeah, you you you, you, <laughs> That's you exactly we, what I would do. We we had no you had, there was zero faith put that you would do anything other than just look at it quizzically and just leave and be like, what's wrong with these people? Yeah. So yeah, just right. know we we know you. All right. So Roger shows up and. Uh, the Packers gave some concessions. Apparently, this is the last dance, which I take offense to because I didn't see six championships, nor the greatest player I've ever of all time playing in Green Bay. But that's adorable. That's fine. I guess it's a slight uh, tip of the cap to MJ and company. But, uh, Vernon, let's just pat ourselves on the back and tell you that the reason why you listen to Stack in the Box is the brilliance that we brought to the table, knowing exactly where this was going to end. I, I actually am not a big pat on the back guy, but we take a full laugh on this one because when this first started back around the draft, we both sat here and were like, he's not getting traded. This is insane. They're not going to trade him. He's going to end up being back at camp. This is how this is going to go. We both talked about, Hey, when will he show up at camp? We don't know. That kind of remains to be seen, but he's going to play for the Packers. He's not getting traded. He's not retiring. And oh, look at that. He's not, he's not retiring, and he didn't get traded. Now, here are the concessions he got. The Packers lopped off the last year of his contract, okay, which on the surface, you're like, why does that help him? Well, it helps him because now he's only signed through this year and next. If, he, if the Packers know that they're not going to be able to retain him, they're not going to just lose him for a compensatory pick. So it behooves them to move on. They also reportedly told him, hey, look, we'll trade you to where you want to go. They've agreed that they would not use any kind of a franchise tag or a transition tag. Essentially, they, they made the deal that you're coming back for this year and then we'll move on. That is ultimately where this thing's at. Right. And, okay, you could follow the path of Brett, Brett Favre and uh, end up in Minnesota. They might need a quarterback after this year or uh, a million other places. I'm sure they will be interested in Aaron Rodgers. But – not only did we tell you that he wasn't going to be traded, we took you inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers and that he would come to his senses and realize that what's best for him is to be in a Green Bay Packer uniform. There is nothing in his life that's going to give him more joy, waterfalls, beaches, whatever, than playing in the 17th season in the green and gold. And we also, I'd like to think, we didn't get completely all the way there, but we definitely did bring up that, look, if you're the Packers – and Aaron's done this much for you, don't you at least consider, okay, you're right, that's fine. We appreciate everything you've done. We'll make this better for you. We did trade up to get Jordan Love. At some point, we're going to have to move on. We will, you know, basically give you some concessions. I, I, I said, listen, if you, if you really believe that, then, then trade him, which wasn't yeah. exactly what happened, but, this, but that's what they did. They, they came and said, okay, Aaron, all good. Let's save face. Let's have one more season in the sun. And, and then you'll sail on off and it'll be probably messy, but, but a little bit less messy than it would have been right now. If you're the Packers, this played out fine for you. You get another shot at winning the ring. At the end of the year, you will trade him, assuming there's no, you know, God forbid, some kind of a catastrophic injury. You'll get three first round picks and then some, and you'll move on. And if Jordan, by the way, Here's the scenario for the Green Bay. If if you get that 
okay, and you deal him, and Jordan Love turns out to be good, now you've got three extra first-round picks and a quarterback on his rookie contract. Like, you're ridiculously loaded and in great shape. So, look, you're never better off losing Aaron Rodgers. But if Love is good, that's that's not the worst spot in the world to be in by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's going to be 38 years old, which sounds super old, but then when you compare it to Brady, who's going to play till he's 45, 46, whatever, you know, 100. Well, I don't know. Does he have three years left after this year? And he certainly hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Listen, if I'm a Packer fan today, I'm happy he's back, and I'm glad that I don't have to sort of make a decision which is not right. exactly the right word, or I, or I can, or I just know that I'm going to enjoy the season, but I'm still not. I still feeling the angst of, oh my God, he's leaving in a year. It's that's not a great feeling. I, I would, not. you know, it's not. But at the same point, you know what? You thought maybe momentarily, unless you listen to this podcast, you thought that you might lose him now. So you get another year. I got to tell you though. And, and I don't want to speak for any other fan or, or anybody else and how they, you know, view their their fandom. But it's also got to be exhausting for the Packers. And if you're and if you're a Packers fan, like you're just tired of it. It's like, look, man, play, retire, like whatever. We're tired of this crap. Like show up, don't show up. I mean, I, I do think at some point you do reach a juncture, even as a fan, where you go, I, enough, enough. Uh, I'll last dance this one. I would take all the Bulls drama to have Mike continue to play. And I, if I was a Packer fan, I think I'd feel the same thing with Aaron. That's fair. Uh, give me all the drama and give me him on the field. I really don't care about the sideshow. Just as long as on Sundays or whenever, when I turn on the television set, I get to see number 12 in the green and gold leading the way. And I feel like I have a chance to win the Super Bowl and, you know, certainly win, a, and win any football game that he's in. He's, listen, but, and I know I get that life goes on and all, but he doesn't, he just doesn't look done, man. He, it, it, none, oh, no, he's great. Yeah, so. No. Well, let's also, by the way, because I tweeted about this and this thing ended up kind of blowing up, so I'll say it here too. And and you, I think if you come out and say it, like you, you're a Bulls fan, so it looks almost like you're a homer. But I'm a Knicks fan who, who absolutely hated the Bulls when I was younger because they, they ruined a lot of my childhood. Enough with this last dance stuff with the, with the freaking Packers. Enough. Like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has a Super Bowl, okay, he has never been to one with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, as great as he is, has had two 1,000-yard seasons. That's it. Like, this idea – like, Scottie Pippen was one of the top 50 NBA players ever. Devontae Adams is a very good player. He's elite in the moment. But if he doesn't put together a lot of 1,000-yard years going forward, he's not sniffing the Hall of Fame, okay, where Scottie Pippen walked into the second his career was over. So this idea – that these two somehow are like two iconic figures in the game's history, like those two were. Pippen and Jordan going into that season, of course, as everyone knows, had five titles. They had a three-peat. They had a back-to-back. Like, the Packers haven't even gotten to a Super Bowl in a decade, okay? All they've been known for in the past five years or so has been choking like dogs in the NFC title game. That has been their legacy with Rodgers. Yes, they won a Super Bowl. So you can always say, look, he's not going to be in that Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Warren Moon, great quarterbacks, never won at all. He won it, and that's huge. But this idea that, like, this is not Brady leaving New England. It's not. 
Like, if you wanted to have the NFL's equivalent of the last dance, it'd be Brady and Gronk in New England. That's what it would be. Right. It would not be a guy who's never even really sniffed a Super Bowl and another one who, even though he's won a Super Bowl, I think most people would say his career in in the context of championships is underwhelming. Like, he should have won more than this. Should he not have? I completely agree. And he hasn't had a lot of help, too, so it's not all on him. Uh, But, yes, and your tweet, by the way, Matt Verderam, 19 hours ago as we're doing this podcast. Enough with the last dance. Rodgers and Adams have never been to a Super Bowl together, let alone won one. Jordan and Pippen won five together before their last dance. The duo is more like Durant and and Westbrook, which is actually uh, perhaps not even true there because – They went to a finals. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they also were up 3-1 – on a Golden State Warriors team that should have won the championship had Steph Curry not been hurt and Draymond Green hadn't got suspended. So it's it's that's even a, perhaps a little well, tall. And this kind of leads into the other part of our conversation, which is where do the Packers go now for just this year, for just this season? Where does this thing go? You know, you have the one-hour argument that, hey, Rodgers and Adams and everybody else are going to be super motivated because this is it. The other side of the coin that says, you know, does, is Rodgers all in this year? Because he knows he's getting out of town. Adams doesn't have that contract yet. You know, he, he's looking – I'm sure, look, he'll either get one or he'll be tagged. I don't think he's leaving Green Bay tomorrow. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, you could really go two ways on this. This could either be a real motivating thing for them or this could be like an emotionally dead-in-the-water thing. I think it's motivating. I think that they suck – every last bit of juice out of the lemon or squeeze, I think would be the right terminology that you wouldn't suck the lemon. You'd squeeze the lemon, right? Thank you very much. Uh, I, 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 it wouldn't be good. Yeah. I mean, I like a good lemon in my water uh, and in, in, in my tea. But so anyway, the point being here is that I, I do think they come in motivated. I do think they dial it up, but there's always been some bit of a weird energy around that organization for quite some time now. Right. So to your point that maybe it will go sideways and they'll just, if things don't go perfect, some guys will check out. That's entirely possible. Uh, Speaking of things going sideways, let's go down to Houston and take a look at what's going on with Deshaun Watson, who apparently the Texans are now willing to trade Deshaun. He's facing 22 civil lawsuits. Um, He, uh, did report to training camp, didn't want to get fined $50,000. Nick Casario, the GM down there, and David Culley, the coach, were quite clear, by the way, back in January. They weren't going to trade him. Now they are going to trade him. Will anybody trade for him? What would his value exactly be? Is he going to be able to play football this year? A zillion questions. I I suppose this changes things that they're willing to trade him, uh, but it is very – I don't know. I feel like it's unlikely that anybody's meeting the Texans' needs uh, or wants, rather, in, in making a deal for Deshaun Watson right now. That's a that's a huge, huge leap. Well, the reported ask is three firsts, a couple other picks, and then two starting caliber players. And if he was squeaky clean off the field and there were no issues or concerns, they'd get it. He's 25 years old, and he's a great quarterback, and he signed at, you know, by today's standards, a reasonable price for, I believe, the next five seasons, they would get it. They absolutely would get it. Some team like Philadelphia would say, here, we have three first-round picks next year. Take them. 
here you go. You can have that. You can have Jalen Hurts. You can have one other guy off the team, and then we'll give you a you know a second and a fourth, and see you later, right? Like, and I think, and I think if you're Philly, you'd be right to do it. Or Miami. Or or Miami, and you know I've been I'm all over that. I I've been saying that since jump that I think Miami's a team to watch there. But look, it's got to be said, and I'll be the first to say this. I've kind of tiptoed around this because it's it's you know first of all I don't like to get into legal stuff. Second of all, you just you don't have a ton of information. But now that we're into the season and the, and the commissioner's exempt list has not been brought into the conversation, which I'll, I'll be frank, I'm surprised by. Um, I, I think it's got to be said now. Look, how can you trade for him with 22 sexual assault civil suits hanging over his head? And as NBC reported, Pro Football Talk reported yesterday on Monday, uh, there have been 10 criminal complaints. To the Houston Police Department. Now, no charges have been have been made from that. Okay, so do with that what you will. But those are now criminal. Now, for anyone who doesn't understand, look, civil is a monetary situation. Okay, you are going after someone financially for damages, essentially, um, with a civil suit. So, Watson, in regards to that, is not in danger with the civil suits of any kind of of, of jail time or anything like that. But if you're any team in the league that might trade for him, Philly, Denver, the Raiders, the Dolphins, whoever you want to toss out there, you're going to give up anything approaching that kind of a price and not know how all this is going to play out? Like, I can't imagine a team would do that. It is the NFL, and these are very talented lawyers, so the team would be betting on, okay, he's going to – be out of this situation eventually and i suppose we just feel like mentally he'll be able to move forward from this by the way of the 10 women that filed complaints now to the houston police eight of them are from the first 22 correct who filed civil lawsuits if you're following of that so that means that two of the women uh that are filing criminal cases did not file civil lawsuits which right. i think is just a little interesting nugget in there that there are actually more women than the original 22 yeah, 24 I- total yeah, now that it not that it actually matters, but I mean, if I was the owner of a an NFL team, no, I can't do it. There's no way. There's just There's no, no way. It, not in this day and age. Look, well, in any day and age, really. Well, I, but you I, and I, I car, we both know. Let's put the cards on the table, right? Twenty years ago, as heinous as it was, it still would have been every bit as heinous twenty years ago, but the world was a different world. It was, you know, teams, teams were not as, what I'm driving at is teams were not as PR conscious. There's Warren. That's true. That's true. But the law, so I I don't think it's changed a whole lot in that uh, multiple chances are going to be given. Unless, of course, you're Colin Kaepernick and you kneel and and silently protest uh, making America a better place. Then then you're screwed. Um, You know, I it's interesting that you bring that up, like how this would be looked at. Cause um, as I was scrolling through YouTube and by the way, a uh, fan site, it's putting out a Eunice Kennedy Shriver piece, which uh, I worked on for a, for a while here, which I'm very proud of. If anybody wants to check that out, would love to check out the fan site, a YouTube page, but what popped up on my YouTube was Archie bunker and gun control. Wow. That must've been it, <laughs> it. And so, but it's, you know, this is, when was Archie Bunker? The late, the early 70s, late 70s. 70s. So whatever, it's the 70s. 
And, you know, he's got Meathead, the, the, the hippie son-in-law, who's arguing. And they're talking about people getting shot by guns. And he's and, and like everyone, Archie, how can you not be for gun control? That's America. It's like, it's amazing that even back then, you're having the same conversations. Right, 45, it, 50 years ago. There, there's more people on the side of Archie Bunker back then than now, but there's still plenty of people on the side of Archie Bunker, right? I mean, look at what's going on in the country. They're talking about the Second Amendment. Like, all this stuff has been – it was just interesting to see that, oh. wow, on, on, on the biggest television show of the time, that was the topic. And, it, sure. and it's, you know, well, it's still here today. No, it's, it's an interesting point. And, and like I said, look, I'm not trying to make it like it wouldn't have – everything going on to Sean Watson off the field wouldn't have mattered 20 years ago. Of course it would have. My point is, and I think you know what I'm driving at, is that now, and let's face it, too, a lot of it is just the rise of the information age and, and, and how the world has gotten smaller. A team would be under a lot more fire now than it would have been in 1995. For sure. Just, there's, there's more pressure. There's more people covering the league. There's more of a way to expose uh, you know, anger and outrage towards the situation. And so, look, I, I'm not dumb. This is the NFL, and Deshaun Watson, from a football standpoint, is one of the most valuable players in the NFL. And some team, is it possible that some team just goes, look, we want him, we'll deal with it, blah, blah, blah. Sure, it's possible, but considering what is going on off the field, and I have no clue. He might be innocent of all charges. He might be guilty. He, there might be a mix. Who knows? We don't know. But I, I think if you're a team that's looking to give up that kind of capital, you've got to feel great about that trade. And I don't know how you could feel great when you've got this. I mean, this is not hey, look, this is not a speeding ticket. This is not, hey, you know, reckless driving. And there was a, you know, like Frank Clark is dealing with you know, a gun in the car. This is major, major. I mean, two right. dozen women have now come forward either with a criminal complaint or a civil suit. Uh, you know, I mean, th th this is serious stuff. I don't know right. how any team could just go, oh, that's okay. Here's three firsts and some players. I, I, I well, don't know how that happens. It's, in, it's interesting. The conversation also is like, okay, this is what we would, this is what we would trade him for. Hello. If you released him released, yeah. who's picking him up for nothing. I'm not sure that there's a huge li line Somebody for that. Would. Somebody would. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I get but, it. But you're right in the sense that would 32 teams be looking to pick him up? No, no way. Yeah. yeah. No I, way. I, I'm not sure who's stepping up, even if he's for free. I mean, somebody would. So I'm not saying somebody wouldn't. He, he's not going to be out of the NFL. I do not think he gets traded. I don't think it happens. It doesn't make sense to I me. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. So, all right, let's take our first uh, time out as we're going to bring in our Chargers, guys. The Charger Chat, it's an awesome podcast. You can find it on YouTube, find it on wherever you find your podcast. Justin Herbert, year two, and uh, the rest of the Chargers coming on back here. This is Stacking the Box. Jamie's Log, Progressive, the Harrington's Backyard, day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3-3-3. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
All right, we got a line change here coming in Charger Chat. Kyle is out. Adam is in. Adam Woolley, Kevin Duggan from Charger Chat are with us. You can't see uh, Kevin if you're just listening to the podcast, but uh, you're channeling my my inner chargerness with your Dan Fouts video because when I was growing up, it was Fouts versus Marino, and I loved every bit of it. Which can we just before we get to Justin Herbert and the Chargers' chances? Are you guys the last Chargers fans left that, uh, you know, because I, when I talk to people in San Diego, they're like, F the Chargers, I'm out, I can't deal with this at all. It's so- tough. It's tough, man. Like, I'm from San Diego. I grew up there, so it's it's hard for me because I still got family there. We stayed Charger fans, but there's a lot of salty, lot of salty guys down there. Yeah, I think the narrative of the Chargers not having any fans is, is getting old <laughs> for, for a lot of us. Um, there, there are quite a few of us, like we wouldn't have this podcast if there weren't as many fans just listening to us, just being fans of us, let alone fans of the chargers. So the charger fans, I think are going to be coming hot and heavy this year. I think they've already sold out of their, uh, season tickets for, for the season. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm anticipating a packed house of charger fans for sure. So most of your listeners are not angry and listening or, are just like, you know what, this is, wherever they go, I love this team. It's kind of crazy, man, because they're like, since Herbert, it's got this new wave of young fans are coming in, and we interact with a lot of them online. So it's, it's there's definitely a new breed, but then there's also the throwback guys that like got into the, got into the team during the Fouts era, and like all this, these older guys that are meeting these like 18, 19 year olds, and it's like this, crazy kind of melding of fans right now and it's it's made it really fun to be a charger fan right now Verham, i mean if they became if they became the wichita chiefs would you still be rooting for them oh yeah yeah i don't you know i know there's <laughs> been like talk around will, will they ever change a nickname i, I mean, who cares like, I, I mean you know if you're rooting for a team i think the bottom line is are they winning right like if they win that makes it more enjoyable if they lose like they could be the same team the same logo for 100 years you're still in pain so uh, look, I think it's great. Look, the Chargers have a brand new stadium, of course, SoFi Stadium that they share with the Rams. It's a beautiful stadium. And, you know, last year, unfortunately, no no fans, right? You have the Raiders and the Chargers have this brand new stadium, beautiful state-of-the-art facilities, no fans. Well, now you get fans, should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, the Chargers will play. Really, let's be honest. I mean, it's the first time they'll have a home field advantage since since the days of when, when Qualcomm was really filling up. So, It'll be uh, it'll definitely be a change and and a, and a good one. And it'll be interesting too because the we are known for having played in the soccer stadium. Like everyone talks about Charger fans because we were just in a soccer stadium. We're finally coming into a new place where we can call our own, and it's not these really crazy overpriced tickets that like the casual Charger fan isn't. It's it's easier to watch at home. So now it's like this community. It's this new stadium. We're just we're jacked. That's the other side of it. Look, who wants to go to an NFL game anyway? Because, I mean, I, I, I love being in, in person, but NFL football is super expensive. It's, and it's just so good at home that, I mean, at the end of the day, let's just call them the Chargers and not worry about anything else. But, so I get it. Uh, although I, the tailgate is just it, – it hurts my heart for you guys. But, all right, let, let's talk about your quarterback. <laughs> We've got it on the rundown this week. Does he reach top three status in the AFC this year? How high is up for Justin Herbert in year two? What what do you, what do y'all think? I you know it's going to depend on how far we can get into the playoffs. I think right now the Chargers have a pretty good shot of getting into the playoffs. Uh, right now we have a lot of unexpected. You know, with the new coaching staff, 
we don't really know what to anticipate. We've uh, lost about over like 15 guys this offseason and had to pick up 15 more guys uh, just by sheer fact of them going to other teams. So there's a lot of unknowns as far as what we can expect from this team. But given where we ended up last year, as far as like offensive line being the worst, special teams being the worst, it can't get any worse than what it was. Like it has to get better. And with the way that people are talking about Brandon Staley, I mean, the guy sounds like an absolute whiz kid as far as like getting this team and utilizing the players in the way that they've not been utilized in the past. So truly as a Charger fan right now, we have nothing but exciting expectations because we don't know what to expect. So it it just, it has to be great, right? So as far as top three, boy, that's pie in the sky. I think he's got to win the Super Bowl to be a top three, to even be in that conversation. Kevin, do we go too far in our rundown? I'm I'm shamelessly positive. That's just my life, and that's what I have to be as a Charger fan. I always got to find the positives and everything. So this is easy for me. Yeah, I I could easily see this happening. What he was able to do <laughs> last year with with a really really awful offensive line, um, and what his the sky is for him. And he didn't have any preseason. I think we all forget that we don't talk about that. He was on Zoom. He was on this the whole preseason, not getting to get on the field, and you could see his progression as the season went along. So I think if he picks up where he left off, it's it's scary. It's scary for the AFC West opponents. Well, look, they, they the Chargers ended up getting what I think was the best quarterback in the draft last year. And, and I'll be the first to say, it. look, I was at the senior bowl. I interviewed Justin Herbert. He was really impressive. I walked away thinking, look, mentally, this guy is not going to have any issues. The question is just going to be, can he, you know, on the field, will translate. You never know how it's going to go. Burrow, I think, is going to be really good too. But, if, if I had to take a guy out of that class right now, it's Herbert. I don't think there's any question. Now, look, is he top three in the AFC? Mahomes right now is number one. I mean, I don't know Duh. how that's even arguable. Yeah, Allen would be my number two. But after that, like, you could start to make a case. Like, is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Herbert? I mean, obviously, some of that depends on, on the style of quarterback you like. I mean, is it is it Tannehill, who I think is underrated? Like, I can't go there with Mayfield. I would take Herbert over Mayfield right now. I think Herbert's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield is. So, like, I, I like it. Also, Herbert's got, like, that sneaky athleticism to him. You know, he's, he's not a guy – you know, he's not going to be running for 1,000 yards. He's not – but, like, he's similar to Mahomes in that regard. Like, if you need seven, he can go get seven. I think I think he's got a shot to do it. I really do. And I – you know, it's already been talked about, but the offensive line being rebuilt is the biggest reason I'm high on the Chargers team. Well, I feel like every offseason, it always seems like, man, I – like the Chargers, and it's like something happens. Usually the last couple of years it's been injuries, right? Yeah. I mean, this offensive line, Slater's a nice pick. You bring in Filer, who's a, who's a quality guard. Lindsley is one of my favorite signings of the entire offseason, right? You get that center who's going to help Herbert along. I really like it. I, my biggest question with the Chargers is the coaches because you just don't know. I mean, Staley's never been a head coach. He's a young guy. He doesn't have a lot of experience. That could be a good thing. That could be a really good thing, right? But – it's just that is the biggest unknown that I have. But I think Herbert, yeah, I actually think he will be a top three quarterback in the AFC. The most important thing for me is, uh, I mean, I graduated from the University of Iowa, gentlemen, but I'm also a huge Northwestern fan. Uh, is Justin Jackson going to make the team? Because that's my guy. I, 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 sorry, I have a weird 
thing with Justin. Like he's just so inconsistent. He can't stay on the field. And then bringing in Larry Roundtree from Missouri this year and having Joshua Kelly from UCLA, like it is a, it's a crowded little backfield back there. He is a stud. Like when he's available and he's on the field, he's a stud. So it's the, it's the Derwin James thing. Like, can he be on the field? Like if he can be on the field, he's going to be a, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. I think we, I think there's going to be a rotation as far as the running back goes. Austin Eckler is obviously going to be the number one guy, but I think Justin Jackson will definitely get into that mix at some point in the, in the season for sure. All right. When I Google him nowadays, it's like, is Justin Jackson going to get cut? I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, keep him rolling. Yeah. You, all, you all think you're going to be in the playoffs? I will. If, as a fan. Yeah. Everyone yes. thinks they're going to be in the playoffs. Right. But I, I think we've legitimately have the opportunity to, to, to battle. I think how we, how we competed against the chiefs last year is kind of the benchmark of like what you could do. Um, and our first game against him with Herbert, we took him into overtime and then we beat them the second time. Obviously that didn't really count because there were a lot of second string guys in there, but I like how we're competing against the top team in the AFC West. And if we're doing that, you know, I think that gives us, it, it kind of shows what we're capable of. You're also playing the NFC East, which, uh, I mean, that's obviously across the division, but I would, I would like to think that'll be to your benefit. Although a lot of people love Washington's defense and that's who you open up against, which I'm reading way too much in the first game of the season, but Hey, why not? That's what, that's what uh, podcasts what are all for. about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how many wins then, Adam, what do you think? Uh, I don't think, I mean, double digit, I don't think is out of the question as far as what, this team is capable of i would be shamelessly positive and put us in the you know 13 14 range as far as making some of these wins it's just again we just we don't know what to expect from this team but the narrative every off season is that chargers have the talent we've got the talent it's a matter of executing and a matter of getting these guys to stay healthy and stay on the field you know when we get those injuries like losing derwin james last season that was such a crucial piece to executing on that defense and losing him is is so massive so if the guys can stay healthy i think the the sky's the limit for this team so it would not surprise me if these guys end up in the in the 13 14 win range but again you're going up against kansas city that's the team to beat um really for the afc west and seeing these guys play against each other i think is really going to set the tone as far as what we can expect for that win-loss ratio Verum, you want to talk shit on that, Mr. Chief? He just said 13, 14 wins for the Chargers in your division, buddy. We're talking I, I, 17 games total, too, by the way. So I'm I, not saying I that. <laughs> you know, look, I, I have the Chargers as a, as a playoff team this year. I do. I, I have them, I think, at 10 and 7. My, my feeling is whenever you have a new coach and you have new systems, it takes a little while to kind of get your footing, get going on that. Um, Carm, you bring up a good point. Like the NFC East, I would expect the Chiefs and the Chargers to, to be able to handle that division. I actually picked the two teams to split the games between each other. The Chiefs, the, the game at Arrowhead week three, I do think plays to Kansas City's advantage only because, again, it's all new systems for the Chargers. The Chiefs are coming into this thing with, with a, a ton of continuity. But the Chargers get the Chiefs in December on a Thursday night game at home. I think that's a huge advantage for, for the Chargers. So I actually think the teams will split. I think both teams are clearly better than the Raiders and the Broncos. So – like I, I feel the Chargers are about a ten-win team. I like my biggest concern is exactly what Adam laid out. If Derwin James is not healthy this year, that's a defense that lost Perriman, lost Hayward, might lose Ingram. Actually, did lose Ingram. I've been, I feel like I've been saying might because he's been a free agent for forever. Yeah. Um, you know, but I still like the defense. I still think there are other players on that defense that can step up. Um, 
I think the offense though is going to take a huge step forward. So I think it'll cover it up. I like them as a 10 win team. And I think they're the kind of team that early on, it's a little uneven later. They get better. And when you get to the playoffs, they're the kind of, you know, they're a six seed that you don't want to play. And if you're a three seed, you're like, well, they're five and oh, or five and one in their last six games. And I don't want to deal with. So I can't see 13 or 14, but I can see 10. I can see 10. I, I picked them to make the playoffs. So I, I think they'll be there. Just uh, to throw some love at you guys, and we appreciate you jumping on here. And, Kevin, I know you're in the middle of daddy duty to do this podcast, so we, no, we, we love you even more. But uh, Brandon Staley was getting love in Chicago. And when he left with Vic, people were like, why did you not make him the defensive coordinator here? What are you doing, Bears? Which that is a familiar refrain in, in Chicago because, uh, you know, they're the Bears and they rarely do things right. <laughs> so I have no idea, like everybody else, if he's going to be a good head coach or not. But there's just been a lot of positivity around him for a long time. So it, it seems like the Chargers have made a good hire here. And, and also, uh, with all due respect to, to Anthony Lynn, I don't think you can, you know, it's unlikely that you're going backwards here, right? I mean, is that... I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Our timeouts are going to be used better this year. Uh, they can't get any worse than, than last year. But it, the, the culture feels different. Like, we've, we had the, we're fortunate enough to talk to Austin Eckler, Sean Merriman, and Braden Fajoko just recently. And they're all talking about the culture, how it's changed, how it feels different. He's, he's getting these guys to buy in real early. Like, everyone showed up to OTAs. Everyone is, you know, it's that new excitement. You got a new coach, you got a new thing. So, you know, we'll see how that kind of levels out. But there's a lot of excitement. And he's, you know, we've, I've listened to every one of his pressers, and he just, he's a great communicator. So hopefully that'll translate to game plans and coming up ways to beat the Chiefs. Adam, what do you hate most about Kansas City? Go ahead. I want just go in on him. <laughs> Boy, uh... <laughs> I, I got to say, I mean, you got to hate how good Patrick Mahomes is and how good he was coming into this league. That was the one thing was just like, who is this guy and why and why is he playing so well? Like, I'm not a guy that watches a lot of college football. I just I, you know, I'm a Charger fan and pretty much I just watch Charger football. So when I saw Patrick Mahomes and how well he played and all those no look throws, it was just like, what is happening? Who is this guy and why is he kicking our butt so hard? And so uh, I think that's that's it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you you hate you hate him and you love him at the same time because of how good he is. When, when I like to go in on the Chiefs, and this will really piss Vertoram off, and Chiefs fans <laughs> more importantly, uh, Arrowhead's overrated. They they always claim that it's this, this you know impact loud stadium. I was in Kansas City for three years. They never even sold the 300 level. It's too expensive to sit in there. They priced out Chief fans. Places uh, gets all this acclaim that it's this you know in, incredible bowl of, of 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 hysteria that's not my experience you're gonna get me in a lot of trouble because a lot of chief fans listen to this podcast okay and a lot of them follow me on twitter i don't totally disagree with you like i now, now of course they sell out now because they're right they're right now. right but, now you're now you're there but they look for the longest time there was a stat that arrowhead opened in 1972 through 2000, I just want to get this right. Up up until the 2018 season, the Colts had more playoff wins at Arrowhead than the Chiefs. Ouch. So, I mean, that, now look, Arrowhead's an advantage now because of who the quarterback is. Because every game's an advantage with who the quarterback is, right? Like, the Chiefs, look, the Chiefs now, I feel like it's more of an advantage because of who the team had. I mean, look, it, you know, like Mile High was a huge advantage when Elway was there, right? Like, 
It was a nobody's worried about going to Denver and playing Drew Locke. Who cares? I don't care. The altitude is <laughs> terrible. It doesn't matter, right? Nobody's going. Oh God, not Denver, right? Like, it doesn't matter. You know what? Look, we got Chargers guys in the podcast. Let's be real. It the Chargers. It has not been an imposing place to play because it's been a soccer stadium. They've been moving around. You know when it's going to get imposing? When Herbert's got protection, and then they're going to be really tough to play in that building. Might be as soon as this year. Like. That will be – I remember as a kid when the Chiefs would go to Jack Murphy, it was always a difficult game. You had yeah. Seau and Leslie O'Neill and that whole defense and Natron Means. It was always a hard game to win. When I was a kid, Denver was an impossible place to go win. The Chiefs would never win there. It was always – you just – you circle that game and you're like, that game is going to be awful. We're going to – now you see that game and go, oh, cool. Cool, we get Drew Locke. It's great. It, chalk it up, right? Like, so home field advantage is about who is on your team. And right now, Arrowhead's a big home field advantage because of who's on the team. But yes, through a huge part of their history, Arrowhead has been a speed bump for a good team. It's the truth. Natron Means is a great name to throw out here. As, as you guys uh, get in out here, and we appreciate the time, everybody should be checking out Charger Chat. Uh, Chargers chat, which is, and I, I love the YouTube. Your your YouTube intro is awesome. Uh, really, really well done. Um, so, anyway, appreciate guys being on. Give me, give me your all time favorite Chargers on your way out here, Kevin and Adam. Kevin, who you got? Oh man, for me, it's got to be Junior Seau. Like that's why I started playing football. That's why I started loving football. Essentially, like being in San Diego, he was like a god. Seau restaurant. He was always around town. Like it, it's got. Junior Seau for me, but close second just recently, it's got to be Phil Rivers. I just love that man so much. Everyone hates him, but I love him. I love his non shit talk, shit talk, and it's the best. Yeah, it, epic career. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. I was gonna say it's a hundred percent Philip Rivers for me. That watching him play, uh, as well as he played, and just the excitement that he brought, the energy that he brought, it, you could pull up any mic'd up Philip Rivers, uh video and you will be entertained from start to finish i guarantee it so uh it, it, you know you hate to lose him but we are so thankful to go from philip rivers to justin herbert we couldn't have asked for a better transition quarterback i love it that's uh that is some good philip rivers we never won a super bowl but we still love you love that's the type of fans that i want on this podcast <laughs> Hashtag that's who respect. we are betty that's i love it guys appreciate the time thanks for jumping on my Absolutely. pleasure. Thank, Thank you, for, you having for having us. Quick time out. We'll come back. And uh, segment three, Stacking the Box, is next. Appreciate Chargers chat jumping on with us. Let's do an around here, Verter Ram. Good to uh, be with you today. As always, training camp opening up. Everybody's happy. Justin Fields, by the way, uh, some of his peeps reaching out to us. So he is a, a future hopeful stat, Stacking the Box guest. So looking forward to talking to the Bears quarterback of the future uh, let's start with Stefan Diggs and whether or not he finishes in the top three in yardage this year he certainly was phenomenal last year lifting up uh, Buffalo what do, what do we think for Diggs in 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 uh, 2021 you know I, I thought about this because like he did lead the league last season I'm out though just because it is so hard to put together back-to-back -to -back campaigns like that I think he'll be very good again I, I think he's got a great rapport with Allen um but I like some of the Bills' younger guys, guys like Gabriel Davis. I also wonder if they'll run the ball a little bit more this year. They didn't run it really at all last season. At times, you know, the offensive coordinator there, Brian Dable, basically gave up on running the football. So I wonder if the ball just gets spread out a little bit more, although depending on how things go with Cole Beasley, 
Uh, maybe more targets available. I can't imagine that the Bills would move on from Beasley. He was an all-pro last season, and I have to think that they're not looking to get rid of a productive player over even even what has been a very controversial and loud anti-vax stance, at least pertaining to the COVID-19 vaccination. But, um, look, I'm out. I do think he's top 10. I, I just think it's really, really hard to be, you know, top one, top two, top three a couple years in a row. I mean, he did have 166 targets last year, which was by far, uh, well, I guess if you go back to 2018, he's in the, in the general ballpark, but that is a lot of footballs coming your way. You One thing that's going to be hard to do two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it makes sense, and, you're, and I think that was a great underline of the talent around him. However, Josh Allen, are you just even that much better this year, and that's your guy? I – to, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna lean in that he will uh, do it because I. It's he's still right in the thick of his prime, and that team is in my mind still going up. And as much as uh, there are other other weapons, you know, comfortability with your guy matters. So I'll, I'll t- I will I will bet on Diggs in the top three in yardage this year. Let's go to the Cowboys as the favorite in the NFC East, in or out. You know, I'm I'm out now. I will say I. I pick every single regular season game for a piece of content that we do the day the schedule gets released. So I put out my entire predictions for the season. I actually looked at them about a week ago, and I feel really good with where I sit, except for the NFC East. I feel like I just was blinded by how bad the division was last year, and I picked everybody to be terrible again this year. And, I, and as I get closer to the regular season and training camp, I don't feel that way. I do think Philadelphia will be pretty bad this year. But I picked the Giants to win the division – but, you know, the more I get toward the year, I think Washington's the best team. Now, look, officially, I'll stick with my picks. I have the Giants at 7-10 and 10 winning the division. I think Washington's going to be like a 9-8 and eight type team. I, I think they're limited at quarterback, which is obviously the big issue, but they're going to be really good defensively. They're really well coached. I love Terry McLaurin. I like Curtis Samuel. I like Antonio Gibson. So – I think they're better than Dallas. Like, obviously, Prescott's the the best quarterback in the division, and usually I'd go that route, but I do not like McCarthy as a head coach. That defense is atrocious. Like, I I just – I like some of the parts in Washington better. And I, quite honestly, if if Daniel Jones is just good, I think the Giants are actually really dangerous. So the reports on Dak are very positive. Troy Aikman saying he looks great and – that's not a surprise that uh, he, he's coming back and, and looking strong. However, he's making some really curious comments about the vaccine. And I'm assuming he's going to get on board and not be one of the, you know, whatever, a top 15 quarterback, wherever he's going to fall this year and not get vaccinated because that would be crazy. Uh, but that makes me extremely concerned about the Cowboys, um, aside with everything else that always goes on in Dallas. So I guess I'll take the out here, but uh, Dak is uh, at this point, he's going against the grain. I mean, the NFL, we haven't talked about that today at all, but they are double tripling down and you are going to get vaccinated, pal. By the way, we can, we can kind of intersperse that real quickly here. This idea that any of these guys are retiring. Yeah. Get out. Just stop it. And by the way, the NFL knows it's bullshit. Every single person in the NFL legal office is like, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, you want to give up a $70 million contract? Good luck well, with that. Well, Let us know when you do it. 
no, no offense, DeAndre, and you've done a ton of great stuff off the field, and your story with your mom is inspiring. Yes. And I love a great all guy, of it. by all I accounts. Lo- yeah, I love all of it. But when you tweet out freedom question mark, yeah, no one's putting you in jail. This is the this is the NFL. You are part of a collection of teams and players. There are rules, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, and there is a vaccine, and there is a, a shit ton of information out there for you and doctors who will uh, vouch for the vaccine. So, you're not, and you don't have to get it, but that doesn't mean that, so you're just not going to play in the NFL. If or you're going to live in this country. You have the you have the option not to get the vaccine. You can make that choice, but your choices have consequences. Like people seem to think that because you're an American, you can just make whatever choice you damn well please, and then everybody else has to just get in line. Well, I'm here to tell you, like that's not the way the world works. If fan side, like let's say the FDA tomorrow approved the COVID-19 vaccine, because right now it's just approved for emergency use. Let's say it was completely 100% approved federally. And fan side had said, hey, Matt, you need to get vaccinated. You'll lose your job. Now, I am fully vaccinated. Okay. But if I wasn't, and I just said, no, I'm coming in the office. I don't care. I'm not getting vaccinated. Fan side said, that's great. You're fired. They have every right to do it by the laws of this land. And I got news for players in the NFL. There's a damn good chance that when this thing gets FDA approved, and it will get FDA approved, that at some point here, the league's going to say, you need to be vaccinated. They've already done that with the coaches. You have to be vaccinated. We've seen, I think, what, at least three coaches lose their jobs over this already? Like, that, that's not going to stop. And, and I, I get it. Look, if you have a health reason that you can't get vaccinated, that is a totally different deal. That is completely different. But if you don't want to get vaccinated, that is your choice. It's a bad one, but it's your choice. But then you live with those consequences. And this idea that any of these players are just going to say, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm going to give up 60, 70 million. No, you're not. No, you're not. There's right. no chance in hell that you're going to do that. So just cut the crap and either don't get vaccinated or get it, but save me the spiel that you, you know, I have to think about my career. No, you don't. No, you don't. Right. And you can say whatever you want in this country. I can spew all the racist nonsense that uh, I want that I would never do. And I hope and I wish that you would go to jail for that stuff, but you don't. But but I can say it all. I'm not. But you know who's not. But then you live with the consequences. Right. You know, fan signs not employ me and and, and neither would anyone else. And that's, by the way, the beauty of the country, too. But I can say it. They're not going to put me in. You're not going to get thrown in jail. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go with the program here. All right. Daniel Jones has a brighter future than Zach Wilson. Let's bail it out, New York, uh, in or out. I'm going to definitely be out on this one. I'm not, I, and I think Daniel Jones has a chance to be marginal, but I'll I'll take the upside of Wilson. I'm out long term. I'm in short term. I think Jones has a much better shot of being successful this year. Than yeah, I, I agree with that. Sure, only because of the, the talent around him, and he's in camp. Like, what are the Jets doing? With Wilson. Like, he's not in camp right now. He's the only player not at Jets camp because I haven't signed him yet. Really? Really? Like, you're the Jets, and that's just, just not important? Like, ah, there's some offset language we don't like. Yeah, that's nice. Figure it out and sign him. Get him into camp. Now, look, I don't think it's a huge deal at the moment. But it is, remember Joey Bosa years ago This dragged on forever because of offset language? Like I do. You, I you do. don't want that if you're the Jets. Like, no. you, you need him in camp. 
And if that means a little extra money, who cares? Do you believe in the kid or do you not? The only time offset language comes in is if the contract gets terminated. Get it done. It's like it's maybe it's it's Sam Darnold uh, shrapnel, if you will. They've got PTSD from the Darnold experience, which, by the way, was most probably the Jets' fault. We'll find out this year. Let's go Darnold in Carolina. We're going to find out. Yep. Uh, all right, last one. Jared Goff will have a revival in Detroit. Not necessarily known for revivals, but I suppose it's possible. <laughs> so, in or out. This, this tough shot at Detroit there in the question. I, um, I'm out. I, I think Goff has got – like that, that's been kind of a weird thing this offseason – I always have been a Matthew Stafford guy, but now we're to the point where, like, Matthew Stafford is apparently God. Like, he's everyone's made the point that he's underrated, and now we're to the juncture where he's actually overrated. People are like, well, my God, the Rams have Stafford. They can't lose a game. It's like, all right, let's calm down. He's never won a playoff game. Now, on the flip side, Jared Goff, who has won many playoff games, has gone to the Super Bowl, is now being treated like he's Rex Grossman. Like, let's – Let's calm down there too. Like I, I, I'm out on this because I think the talent around them is deplorable. But Goff is a serviceable quarterback. Like, is there really a huge difference between Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins? Uh, that's a good. That's a decent comparison. Like, I mean, is there honestly? Like, if you put Jared Goff on the Vikings right now, are you? Does your opinion of them change at all? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, like, you know, it's, it's fair. That's fair. I mean, Kirk Cousins is probably like the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, like 14th, maybe like somewhere in that range. So he's throwing the ball to Marvin Jones. No, he's gone. He's in Jacksonville. Okay. And Kenny Galladay's with the Giants. So he's basically throwing the ball to you and me. That's why I'm out. Who is their best receiver? TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. Yeah, I, right. And then best receiver. Oh, my God. I get an actual wide receiver. I mean, look, man, here are your choices, okay? Uh, let me go depth chart here. Detroit Lions. Brashad, I'll give it to you. Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, Khalif Raymond. Yeah, that's Quintes, pretty much it. They've got uh, Quintez Cephas yep. listed as a starter. And it might be the number four guy, but either way, yeah, he's going to be seeing time. Fifth round pick, 2020, that no one's ever heard of, with all due respect to the Sivas family. Good, it's not good. It's Brashad Param is their best receiver by a mile. Okay. Okay. That's why I'm out. Okay. But, That's a fair out. But if you if you put some talent around Jared Goff, I, I'm not sitting here saying he's great. But people act like Jared Goff is just horrific. Like, Jared Goff's not terrible. He's a, he's a pretty, you know, slightly above average quarterback. I mean, if you go look at his stats throughout his career, now obviously look at the one year they go to the Super Bowl. Okay. That might end up being the outlier in his career, but here you go. Okay. Look at his career from 2017 on, he became full-time starter. So 3,800 yards. Then the next two years, over 4,600 yards and last year, 3,900. Now, now look, the, the, the problem has been, the year they went to the Super Bowl, he threw 32 touchdowns and 12 picks. And the year prior, he was great. 28 touchdowns, 7 picks. The last two years combined, 42 touchdowns, 29 picks. The picks have been a major issue. Okay? And the touchdowns have come down. I get all that. But is he really – like, is it that different from Kirk Cousins, who I, who I think actually is a pretty good quarterback? I don't think is by any means terrible. And my answer is, like, I would take Cousins – 
but I, I don't think there's like a huge gap there. Like I really don't. So I think eventually I might be in on that, but for this year, no, the weapons are terrible. I mean, we just went long on Jared Goff. I, I would have summed it up in you're going from Sean McVay to Dan Campbell. And there's been some positive stuff coming out on Dan Campbell. People are kind of, even though that press conference was beyond weird, uh, but that that's a downgrade in, 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 I just can't imagine that there's a revival coming for golf. So I'll be out. Uh, let's take our final timeout. Actually, I think we can just roll through here. Vertoram. Oh no, no, we, we have a, actually, we have a special treat for you. For those who listen deep into the podcast this week, we are going to bring in Indianapolis Colts running back Naheem Hines, who's an official friend of the program. Uh, he's working with the muscular dystrophy association, doing great work. Um, his, his mother is, um, been dealing with MDA and she's awesome and she comes to games and Naheem is going to be uh, in a, a stacked Colts backfield here with uh, Jonathan Taylor going into year two. JT is big time and there's some vac- vaccination NFL players uh, talk right now. Our final time out on Stack in the Box. If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted Focus Linear Compression Therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. We are talking with Naheem Hines one day in advance of training camp opening. Uh, let's we'll get into that in a second because I pass it over to you, Matt Verderam. Yeah, I actually want to start, Naheem. I want to start with college football. You got Texas and Oklahoma going from the Big 12 to the SEC here, whether it happens next year, a few years, 2025, and their when their time the Big 12 runs out, who knows? Now you played with the Wolfpack of NC State and the ACC. So I know maybe Oklahoma and Texas, not near and dear to your heart, but you played big time college ball. Rivalries matter. Like what is what are your thoughts on those two schools going from the Big 12 where they've seemingly been forever and out of the SEC? Uh, I mean, wow. Uh my real question first off is what's gonna happen to the Big 12? Is this gonna be is it gonna be four conferences now? Because you know, there's only eight schools now. So uh, that's my first question. And secondly, is uh those two schools going, I mean, you, we both know Texas is probably the most lucrative, you know, football school in the whole, you know in the whole country, and then Oklahoma is as well. So, I mean, they're going to fit right in with the SEC. It's going to help them with recruiting, obviously. You know, I'm excited to see the rivalries I'll get formed there. So, you know, them playing Alabama and all those other schools will be, you know, great. I think it's going to be great for the program. But I guess the biggest question will be <laughs> what's going to happen to the Big 12. Yeah, that is a, a huge question. What What's going to happen uh, to the Indianapolis Colts this year, Naeem? You guys got training camp open tomorrow. You got a new quarterback and actually, let's focus on on your coach. I guess uh, you know Frank tested positive for COVID. He's been vaccinated. Symptoms are he's asymptomatic. Uh, and the NFL obviously has been turning up the heat on the players. You to get everybody to get vaccinated. What's what's the conversation been like? How have you looked upon what the NFL has done to kind of basically mandate that they want everybody to get vaccinated for the season? I mean, uh, I think it's very very interesting. Uh... I think truthfully, honestly, uh, whichever way it goes, if you want to get the vaccination, if you're on the fence or if you don't want to get it, I just hope that we have support from, you know, whoever it is, you know, as athletes, we watch what's in our body. I'm vaccinated. Uh, 
And uh, each per- I think each person has to make a choice. And I think uh, no matter what choice we make, you know, I think we should be supported no matter what. But I think all I saw the fines and the forfeiting things. Uh, what happened last year and you, even the year before, I mean, a lot of things have happened with COVID. So I know they're just trying to do everything they can, you know, make sure we can play a season, make sure everybody's safe. But uh, as athletes, I hope that we have the support of our friends, family, and coaches and the NFL, whatever decision we make. You're obviously trying to be a great teammate here, but wouldn't it make you – you, wouldn't you be bothered if you lost a game check because uh, another team, you know, had whatever, didn't have enough guys get vaccinated, they end up not playing? Yeah, but I guess, uh, I guess, uh, see, I, I think a lot of things, but uh, just going from the other side of it, like there's a guy on our team who had open heart surgery. So uh, he had open heart surgery, so he's scared of what the vaccine can do. And uh, each person has different health precautions and different things. So uh, I would be, you know, every person's, I think every person's reason to why they're getting vaccinated or, uh, why they're not getting vaccinated is uh, something that we should take into account. So uh, I would be upset, but you know, there's some things we can't control and there's things, you know, that like just people, you know, that don't, that we don't know. And like every person may be getting vaccinated may or may not be getting vaccinated for their particular reasons. So I just hope we support it and understand it. Got it. You know, for you, I'm curious, your division is interesting. You got Trevor Lawrence coming into Jacksonville, Houston's in, in this weird kind of a rebuild stage. Then Tennessee adds Julio Jones you guys, of course, add Carson Wentz. You know, when you look at the division, how do you see it stacking up? And 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 what what you know storylines in your own mind do you envision? Our division's been tough uh, since I've been in the NFL. We're kind of a division that beats up on each other each year. Two teams from our division made the playoffs. We always have a team twelve and four, eleven and five, a ten and six team. So uh, probably gonna be like that again this year. And uh, I think we're, it's gonna be a battle. Uh, Tennessee's obviously good. Jacksonville's you know looking like they're on the come up, and you know Houston's rebuilding, but. Uh, all the games for us are going to be hard. They're hard every year, no matter the record. And, uh, you know, I think uh, whoever comes out of our division is going to have a great run in the playoffs. And uh, we, we're, going to, we're going to be battle tested. We are, we're, we're a really good division, really good team. So we know whoever we see in the playoffs, we've already been battle tested through our division. I see some people thinking that Jonathan Taylor is just going to keep rising up here, which, uh, you know, you, there's, you're going to get the footballs as often as you get, and you'll do as much as you can. And, of course, catching the ball, too. Uh, how dominant do you think he could be? This guy's the limit for JT. I think he's a he's a rising star uh, in the NFL. He's a great player, and uh, I think he's going to take that next step this year. Uh, the game's going to slow down for him a little bit more. I think, you know, he's going to be more efficient on his reads, and he had some great reads in the end of the year. But, you know, as a rookie, he just built up. Each game, he got better and better, and he's going to understand what it's like to be in the NFL for a year now, and I think he's going to take that next step. If they slot you out wide or put you in the slot, do you have a preference? No, I just want the ball, no matter how I get it. <laughs> can't I can't really uh if it's a punt return, a kick return, handoffs, carries, I don't I don't really care. Spoken like a true football player. Naheem, thanks so much <laughs> both for your work with the NBA and, and everything going on there. And also best of luck this season uh with the culture. Fourth year in the NFL. Your stats have gotten better every year. So best of luck to you and the team. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Got to do better than last year. That's always the goal. Thanks to Naeem and Verderham. We're wrapping it up here, buddy. What's going on in the life of Verderham? Listen, I'm off Thursday, Friday this week because I got my uh, my best friend coming into town. Uh, he's, he'll be getting here late tonight, actually. And then we are going on Thursday and Friday to the National Sports Collectors Convention in Rosemont, Illinois, right outside Chicago. They are expecting over a hundred thousand people at this thing, so it's going to be uh, it's going to it's going to be it's going to be crowded. But I'm telling you, look, 
is easily my biggest nerd thing, right? Like, I was I gonna love... say you 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 have just crossed into huge nerd veil. Oh, like, huge. I'm, I'm, unco- I'm uncomfortable how nerdy this is. You, no, listen, you and I both, okay? But I, as you know, I am a big sports collectible guy. Like I'm not one of those people who has like stuff all over the house or anything. I just I have a lot of baseball cards dating back to you know the 1950s. I'm a big vintage baseball, vintage football collector. Um, I like I like you know full size autograph helmets. I'm a big fan. Like I'm looking right now. I got I got two full size ones displayed in the room. I got this the steel curtain, all three linebackers on a helmet, and then I got Earl Campbell and Warren Moon on another one. Um, love old school pennants, you know all that kind of stuff. So this show is once a year the national. It's the biggest biggest one that there is. There's like 1,600 tables at this deal. And so last year, of course, it was canceled because of COVID. And I had been like stockpiling like a small little nest egg for this thing, which has now turned into a almost uncomfortably large nest egg for this thing. Steph is pissed. She's not happy with the amount of money I'm bringing. But, and I won't say the amount because I feel like that's just a poor form. But it's, it's more than enough. Let's put it that way. I'm, and I'm, I'm basically looking to get signed helmets, full-sized, Signed jerseys, signed uh, full size bats, uh, just, you know, some vintage cards. I mean, I'm going, I'm going all in. I'm excited. Well, just let her know it's an investment. You're, you're, and you're going to enjoy it as you, as long as you have the, the, the memorabilia. And if you guys ever need some extra dough, you'll, you'll sell it off, and it'll be, it'll be, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be to the benefit of Steph and Maisie and company. I've never bought a single thing ever thinking I would sell it, but I will say this: if, if, if I get to like fifty. And which let's just hope I get the 50, but if I get the 50 and my children are like, look, I don't want any of this stuff. I'm not interested. I will take it. I will absolutely sell it. And we'll use it on as a down payment on a vacation. Are you not eating right over there? You're betting against 50 over there. I, I listen, man, you never know. You never okay. know how things go. Right. I've got, I got this bad muscle pull on my back. I've got like numbness in my fingertips half the time. That's, it's not good car. It's not that, good. No, no, no. You just freaked me out with all that. I mean, listen, I went to the Red Hot Ranch uh, yesterday, and, and I'm still paying the price for my double cheeseburger and hot dog. It's actually, but, man, it's funny you say that. Yeah. I went to Portillo's, which I never do. I actually have been eating very healthy. I went to Portillo's just as in the mood. So you know what the hell with it. I went there. I got a double cheeseburger and some fries. And I'm telling you, man. You got a that, double cheeseburger at Portillo's? Who is who? What's going on over there? Dude, it, everything on it except for tomato because tomato is bullshit. And it was, <laughs> it was majestic. What it, it was really? so damn good. <laughs> God, it was on. What happened to the Italian beef? What happened to the hot dog? You went off the board. I just, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes you just, for whatever the reason, you're craving something. A lot of times with me, it's the Italian roots. I need a pizza. In this case, it was just, and I'm not a big meat eating. I'm not, I'm not a big steak guy. I just, I'm like, I, I want a cheeseburger. I want a good cheeseburger. And I pulled up and I was like, yeah, I'll get a cheeseburger. And I'm like, single or double? And I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm committed. I'm getting a double. And I brought that thing home and <laughs> ate it. And I was, oh my God, it was, it was beautiful. I was, I was in love. I had the small fry. I didn't go large fry, just a small fry. My wife got the chocolate cake shake. She oh, told, oh. Which I never had. I had a sip of that thing. Now I got to go back and get a whole freaking chocolate cake shake. But that's yeah, no. that's neither here nor there. And just their piece of chocolate cake is, is straight amazing. Uh, that that's good stuff. I just want to let everybody know, as uh, from 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 my standpoint, I played in the green and white classic over the weekend, Verderam. 
Chicago State University headed down south to 87th in the Dan Ryan. And uh, I rated myself what I should be rated in, in, in adult recreational tennis, which is a 4.0 player. But in this particular tournament, I should have rated myself a little bit higher. Uh, so I, I did uh, cruise to a, a three-match victory, 0-0, 1-4, and 3-0, as I took home the ribbon for the 4-0 title, taking out my guy Richard in the final, who was 75 pounds overweight, with all due respect to Richard, maybe 100. It's a brutal shot at Richard on the way out of the podcast. <laughs> well, Poor man. The the dude the dude was not in prime time. I'm just I'm just calling it as it is. Now and by the way, he had the, the cheering section of two was all for Richard. And uh, as we switched sides after the first game, I walked down and she's sitting there, and I, I'm assuming it was his wife or his sister or his cousin or his friend. And I just look at her, I'm like, "Who are you rooting for?" And uh, she just looked at me. She's like, "I just want to see some good tests." I'm like, "No, you're not. You are rooting for him. You are anti-carm, and I'm taking it to you." And then he had like, you know, he, uh, he put an overhead, uh, spiked it down my throat and she's over there cheering. I'm like, yeah, you're rooting for good tennis. My ass, you're rooting for Richard. I'm on the road here. And I took home the victory for all of us at fan side of Ritter MU as well. You're a champion too. Jeez, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you won the ribbon. Good for you. Uh, that, that's big time. And, uh, we can, we can end on a positive championship caliber note there. See you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the, the podcast. Thanks to uh, Naheem Hines for jumping on briefly at the end here and also uh, to our friends from Chargers Chat, Kyle and uh, Adam being on here. Sean Daly uh, producing, coordinating, directing, dominating. We thank you, brother, and we'll see you next week. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.